One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Come on, let's work. You can wish for it, or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. Let's work. These are the confessions of a workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel, and you are totally in for a treat because we have another real boss in the building. This episode is brought to you by Work, Pray, Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL November 1st through 4th. For details on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, be sure to log on to WorkPraySlay.com. So today we are talking to Pollyanna Reed. Pollyanna is a motivational speaker, millennial mentor, CEO, and celebrity ghostwriter, and critically acclaimed author of her fiction novel, Everything I Couldn't Tell My Mother. Through a whirlwind of inspirational lectures, roundtable discussions, and media appearances, she positively influences, challenges, and reconnects youth with their passions. She's also produced content for high traffic sites and publications, such as Fortune Magazines, Forbes.com, Huffington Post, Madame Noir, and many, many more. Pollyanna is also a regular contributor to Forbes.com. Are you ready to confess, Pollyanna? <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. 
Okay, so I always like to start these conversations by asking what your professional background is in, because I always find it so interesting how sometimes our passions lead us away from our profession. So what did you start your career out doing? Um, well, I've actually, I've always been a writer since, uh, I started as a journalist at the age of 22, right out of college. Um, so I went to school for office administration. Um, it was a program that my parents chose for me. Um, and then I ended up dropping out my second year after I had a battle with depression and suicide attempts. Um, and, uh, shortly thereafter, after around 2010, when I was around 21, 22, um, I connected with a mentor who changed my life forever and introduced me to the world of blogging and journalism. So I'm actually not um, academically trained in writing. Um, I'm all self-taught. I love it. And so you are one of those rare situations where what you have always done is still a passion for you. And not only is it a passion for you, you've also been able to obviously create some profits from it. Um, and so as a celebrity ghostwriter, I imagine relationships are super important. How have you seen the benefit of maintaining relationships as it relates to your career? Well, because I dropped out of school, relationships are all I have, really. There's no degree, you know, my daddy's not rich, you know, there's like, I have to depend on my network. And so, um, yes, of course, even before I became a, a celebrity ghostwriter or knew anybody who had a, a great title or was doing great work, one-to-one, um, -one, my peers, um, I had to make sure that I maintained my reputation. I had to make sure that, you know, excellence was always the bare minimum and that I was always able to keep my word. Um, I think people underestimate um, the power of relationships. Um, actually, because of a very amazing relationship with one of my mentors is that's the reason why I currently write for Forbes. For those women listening who have a hard time working the room and like breaking the ice with a potential business partner or even a potential business bestie, what's like your best advice for just getting the conversation started? Have something to offer, right? Because I don't think it's about you at, at all. Um, I think before you make a request, you should have something to bring to the table. Um, I think cool, smart, and interesting people are attracted to cool, smart, and interesting people. So I think that you, the first thing you need to think about is how can I save this person time, money, energy? How can I contribute to their success in a meaningful way? Um, and it doesn't have to be anything grand. Sometimes it's just, hey, sis, I'm praying for you. I love what you're doing. And just congratulating somebody, clapping for somebody when they win. Sometimes it's a cool article or video. Sometimes it's a connection. Sometimes it's maybe you're referring them to a speaking engagement, right? Like think about it in, at a small scale um, because, you know, small things make a really big difference in someone's world. That is such great advice because oftentimes we don't even reach out. We don't even make the introduction because we don't think we have anything to bring to the table um, because we are thinking of like that big picture of, you know, we see this person as being here, but we see ourselves as being on this level. And we think we can't possibly have anything to offer this person. But I love those examples of 
basically using what you got to get get what you want. Like you have a connection, you have a relationship, you have an opportunity, you have something um, to offer. And, and definitely knowing what that is, is going to be super beneficial when trying to build a relationship. But one thing that I can say has personally like been a struggle for me when it comes to not necessarily networking, but real relationship building, it's nurturing relationships without being annoying. Like that is my biggest fear. And it often keeps me, you know, from like following up. How do you manage to stay connected with people without like getting on their nerves? Again, value. When you position yourself as a resource, people will always want to mess with you. Always. Right. Like because I'm very resourceful, because I have great relationships, because I do a lot of self-work and like I just I know what I have to offer. I know that I'm insanely smart. Like people want to be around that. Right. People want to be around my feminine energy. People want to be around me because they know that I'm going to plug them into an event where I'm going to plug them into a connection that I have. So I think once you I think a lot of times people want to reach out to individuals and we we're so quick to try and make a connection without doing the self work. Like I spent an insane amount of time working on myself and positioning my brand and myself as an individual so that I am attractive to people, not physically attractive, but more so intellectually attractive. Um, and so that's half the work. Right. Um, so I never think that I'm being annoying because I know when I send that email to say hello, or I know when I'm, you know, when I happen to be in another state or city and I want to do a coffee with somebody, um, they've at some point they've seen me do the work. And I, I think that is just like a precedent to like my work ethic um, and how dope I am. So I think a part, it's part confidence. It's part doing the work on yourself, the self-awareness and just having the courage to reach out. And yes, nurturing the relationship is a key component um, because it's out of sight, out of mind. So, so true. Bringing value. And, and before you can even like bring that value, just being aware of what it is. So I love, you know, how you said that you are confident in what you bring to the table. Like, you know, your value. So there's nothing to be shy about. There's no reason, you know, to be afraid to introduce yourself to someone because you know that you are a resource. And that's a really great way to look at it. Um, so in my research, I saw you have a book called Mixed Emotions and you share are ways for entrepreneurs to stand out and get noticed. What are some quick tips that you can share for people who feel like they haven't been able to get the attention or build an audience um, for their brand? Honestly, the number one thing I'm going to say is patience. I think people don't want to play the long game simply because it takes it takes a while to um, to establish a loyal following. Um, there's a theory by Kevin Kelly called 1000 true fans. Um, and I highly suggest people look into that. Um, basically in short, uh, he basically says like, you don't need to focus on getting a trillion million zillion people to follow you. If you focus on a thousand people and you make them your apostles and, and you, you nurture them, you will be fine. They will be evangelists for you. They will talk your name, they will spread your reputation, and that is enough for you to build um, a profitable business. And I feel the exact same way. I've nurtured my, my, um, my following from the time I started my first blog back in 2009, and I make sure that I over-deliver on my promises. Um, so I think people want to scale the company and their business at the expense of the people who already follow them. Like if the 10, 12 people are not singing your praises, then that's where you need to focus your attention. 
One thing that I see um, stopping a lot of people from, from getting started is that they are unsure of their expertise. And this is one thing that you um, talk about in your book as well. But what advice do you have for people who feel like they haven't discovered their life's purpose or don't really know how to establish their expertise? Don't know how to establish their expertise? Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it's all part of doing the work, right? So... I think an expertise is, I don't know, it's kind of relative, right? Like who's really an expert? Um, but I think that just taking the time to study and perfect your craft, right? Like athletes don't become professionals simply from sitting on their ass all day. I really think that confidence comes from knowing and knowing comes from taking time aside to study. Like Bill Gates, every single year, he does what's called a think week, right? Like figure out what your what your um, pro system processes are and, and take the time to really understand and nurture your skill set. So in order to build a six-figure brand, like you definitely have to get comfortable charging what you're worth. And I think that goes back to knowing what, you, what you're worth, understanding your value, understanding what you bring to the table. How do you manage to present your prices with confidence or how have you gotten better at it? Because obviously now, um, you know, you are like a seasoned entrepreneur. You, you are confident in what you do. You can, you know, you can back up your offers. You can back up your numbers. But when when we first get started, like when we're working with our first couple clients or when we're working on our first couple projects, we are typically not as confident about charging what we're worth. How have you been able to grow yourself in that area? How have you been able to build up your confidence in being able to say your price without thinking twice or turning down a contract or a project because it's just not worth, not enough for what you're worth? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think part of it is um, market analysis, right? Figuring out where you fall within the market in terms of like um, the value that you offer and how much that is worth, right? And I think another thing is you have to test the waters. I, re I really think that confidence in pricing comes from trial and error, right? Of course, there's been times where I've undersold myself and please believe I never did that shit again. Because um, when you realize after the fact that you could have got a couple hundred or a couple thousand more, um, it's something that you will never ever forget. Um, but sometimes I, I you know, lately, I, within the last year, I've remembered a quote that has stayed with me by um, uh, the chief brand officer or the ex-chief brand officer at Uber. And she says, you know, uh, say a number and make it high as hell right? Because it's so much harder. It's easier to negotiate, but it's so much harder if you undersell yourself to make the climb up. Um, and I also think that sometimes once we do hit a price that our customers are comfortable with, oftentimes founders will stay there. And I think that every once in a while, it's okay to test the market and it's okay to increase by 10%. And another six months to a year, maybe increase by another 10%. You have to constantly, um, you have to constantly make yourself a little bit uncomfortable. And I think it's okay for your clients to feel a little bit uncomfortable too, because if you are delivering value, if you're over delivering on your promises, you will be fine. And clients will be more than happy to, um, to pay for what you're worth. 
And I think that, again, that's what it comes down to. It's like bringing something to the table. And when you are giving people what they are asking for and then some, nobody's going to complain about what you're charging them. It's when people start to feel like, okay, I'm paying X amount of dollars, but I'm not really getting the results or I'm not really seeing, you know, what, what you really said, like what you sold me, that's when they start to complain. But when you're bringing that value um, and when you can show your value, I think people are comfortable because they, they see, you know, the value in it. One thing that seems to be really tough um, for a lot of solopreneurs is going from DIY to delegation. How did you manage to transition from doing everything to like trusting a team to actually do their part? Honestly, you keep, like, I just feel like at some point we all have to stand on the shoulders of giants. And I just realized that in order to scale, in order to grow my business, I really had to learn to trust other people because I could not do it alone. Um, Jeff Weiner, the CEO of LinkedIn, he says, you know, as the founder and the CEO, like his job is to grow the business and his staff's job and responsibility is to maintain it. Um, And I really took that to heart because it makes so much sense. Like I love meeting with new prospects. I love selling our services. I love negotiating new business deals. Um, That's where my strengths lie. In addition to obviously the writing and the mentoring and the skills and the services, but my team, their job is to uh, operate in my weaknesses. You know what I mean? Like their job is to maintain uh, the client relationships. Their job is to make sure that, you know, our deliverables are exceeding expectations. Their job is to brainstorm new innovative ideas. Um, And I need other people. I want to see other people win. I want to eat with other people. So for me, um, it's fun working with a team. I don't see that as a hindrance at all. Um, And we set the standard for ourselves, right? Like there's no weak links in my circle. And if we do discover that someone does have a weakness, um, you know, either we work on it or we transition them out into either a new position or out of the organization. But I have to say my team has been pretty solid um, for the last several years and I have a lot of long-term partners. That is definitely a blessing. And I think that once you, you know, once you just get that one person that meets or exceeds your expectations, once you realize that you are not the only one, the, the smartest person, like you are not the only one that's capable of doing these things, it's just beautiful to see other people like take a task and run with it. And that's really what it took for me to be able to trust um, you know, trust people to do it is seeing, oh my God, these people really are innovative. They really do have ideas. Like they really can take something good and make it great. Um, and that's just a beautiful, beautiful experience and just a testament to like your evolution as a business owner. Um, so I was browsing your blog and saw your post about mental health and, you know, living with depression. And I wanted to ask you for your advice um, as someone who advocates for mental health awareness regularly and is so open about talking about, you know, your personal journey, what can we do as a community to support mental health more? Like, how can we make it less taboo to talk about? I don't know, um, you know, too much about the culture in Toronto, but here in the States, going to therapy and talking about your issues has been almost frowned upon, you know, really for a very long time. And it's just recently being discussed mainstream. So what is like your advice for what we can do to support one another more? Um. Number one, I would say, don't you don't don't overuse the F word, which is fine. 
right? So if somebody asks you how you're doing, um, <laughs> if someone asks you how you're doing, I think it's super important to be honest and to honor your feelings. On the flip side, if you ask somebody how they're doing, um, don't just ask just to hear yourself talk. Like actually pay attention to body language cues, right? Pay attention to how they deliver their response because oftentimes we miss very, very simple and obvious um, uh, signs. Um, and then another thing is, is, you know, always check on your strong friends. Like oftentimes when people ask me, how can I support you? My answer nine times out of 10 is to check up on me, right? Because it's so easy to think that I'm doing okay because of social media. Um, I've been, I've been trying to do a very good job of being super transparent when I'm not okay, but you know, everyone has those days. And so I always ask people to check up on me, even if you think that I'm okay. Such great advice. And that's something simple that we can all do, like each and every one of us. And, and there, I feel like it's always that person that you think is cool. You know, it's always that person that seems like they have it all together that sometimes just needs, you know, that message that I'm praying for you or just needs that word of encouragement. Um, so just yeah. taking the time on a daily basis to think about who you can be a blessing to, like, who can I just make smile today? Something as simple as that. Um, great, great advice. I appreciate that. So last question. Um, we, I can't let you go without giving us a little bit of information on this mentoring program that you have. So who is it for? What do you do? And how are you changing the world with this mentoring group? Yeah, absolutely. So Mentorship is, is so important to me simply because, like I said, I dropped out of school and mentors really believed in me on days where I didn't believe in myself. And so it was really vital that I turned around and, you know, reached back for, to younger generations as well as millennials um, because I know the benefits of having a mentor and a sponsor in my corner. Um, and there's a difference between mentors and sponsors. Mentors talk with you. Sponsors talk about you. Um, and I think that every woman should have both. Um, and oftentimes when I have conversations with millennials, I'm very, very surprised how many of them do not have um, someone in their corner as their number one cheerleader. And that for me is such a problem. I feel like one of the biggest conversations between millennial women right now is around navigating the path between professional success and personal fulfillment. And so New on the Block, which is my mentorship program, we help them understand that these two things are not mutually exclusive, like you can have both. Um, and so um, upon like further studies, I've also um, researched that um, those uh, female entrepreneurs who do not have a mentor in their corner, like the survival rate of their business drops to 50%. Um, and so I use mentorship as a way of teaching people that you do not have to do this alone. The blueprint has already been laid out for you. And so people like myself and other professionals are willing to help, but you have to raise your hand and ask the damn question. You need to open your mouth because closed mouths don't get fed. Um, and so in my mentorship program, we've mentored nearly 200 women in nine different countries um, by way of, you know, women who are going through various transitions. So they could be, um, uh, launching a new business or improving an existing one. They can be graduating from university or college. Maybe they're going through a career transition or a life transition. Um, I have 80% of my student body who are um, uh, entrepreneurial focused. And then I have 20% who are dealing with mental illness, who are dealing with you know sexual abuse cases, who are who may be prostituting themselves, who are living in shelters. So it's super important for me 
um, I take heavy responsibility and I take, I take what I do very, very seriously because there are a lot of millennial women who are going through it um, and they just need a friend in their corner. So, so important and so, so needed. Um, please let us know where we can get more information about the mentoring group, how we can find you online and where we can connect with you on social media. Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Pollyanna Reed and you can Google me. I'm like, my name is spelt very uniquely. So you can, you know, I'm pretty much everywhere. I have all social media platforms. And uh, for my ghostwriting company, my communications agency, uh, you can go to thewritersblock.com without the C. Um, and for my mentorship program, you can go to newgirlontheblock.com. This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do what it takes. I love you. See you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.